Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jerry Punch with ESPN and ABC, and we are glad to have you here this morning. It is my pleasure to be the moderator for this Team Penske media event today. And for those of you who may not understand or appreciate, before we begin, the historical significance of these gentlemen sitting here, the six drivers and one legendary car owner, think about it. Combined, you know, these guys have, have uh, been a part of 25 Indianapolis 500 victories. If you count them up, that's pretty special considering the race has been run 100 times. So what I'm going to do here to start this morning, I'm going to uh, individually introduce each one on the panel, and I'm going to ask each one a single question, then we'll open it up uh, to your questions. So we will start out this morning uh, with uh, uh, the founder and chairman of Penske Corporation, Roger Penske. And, and uh, for those of you who may not know Roger Penske, if you're new here, uh, they celebrated uh, the 50th anniversary of Team Penske a year ago. Uh, in grand style with 11 poles, 10 wins, sweeping the top three in the point standings. And in 2017, they have won all five poles thus far in the last three races in a row. So they sort of picked up where they left off uh, a year ago. And so, Roger, no one has had a success at Indianapolis Motor Speedway that you've had with 16 wins among 11 different drivers. So how would you weigh the importance of driver versus team versus luck in winning winning this race well I think uh, you know from our perspective uh, you know the driver makes a big difference there's no question that we've been fortunate to attract uh, the best drivers uh, in the garage area year after year I think the continuity of our people if you look at uh, very low turnover drivers stay with us typically uh, throughout their career which is important you know we're really a family we might look different from the outside but I think inside there's a lot of collaboration uh, with the drivers, the teams, uh, when one's in trouble, the others obviously work together to get them back on track. And to me, that's been uh, the key. I think our sponsorships uh, that have been so significant over the years have made a difference. We've been able to invest not only in people, but also uh, in equipment. And uh, to me, uh, it's the human capital side of it. It's, it's the crews, it's the, the drivers. And I, luck is certainly very important. We've had maybe a couple of those, but if you really look at it time and time again, the people that run, win this race are prepared. They've got good cars and they execute on race day. You know, Six Sigma is not good enough on race day when it comes to pit stops. You're gonna have to have all your stops perfect. And uh, there's so many chances that you have to take, or maybe you could take, that the drivers have gotta say, hey, I've gotta be ready, gotta be there at the end of the race. We say that last 50 laps, you gotta be able to see the front. And I think that's uh, kind of been our motto. And you know, with Rick, uh, with uh, certainly when you think about uh, uh, his four wins and, and Elio and, and Juan and you, you look at the other guys sitting up here, I'm assuming that they joined the team because they'd like to win the Indy 500. And I remember when Hornish uh, came on board, you know, that was a goal we had. And we certainly have that with, uh, with Will and uh, Simon and, and Joseph. Uh, and uh, to me, uh, it, it's great to come back here. I, I see so many changes when you drive in, uh, in in the speedway, uh, it's getting better. I think safety is uh, so much uh, more a focus today than it was uh, many years ago. And the speeds, uh, we know we've gone faster, but I can tell you the guys still have a hard time driving a car around here wide open every lap. So uh, uh, I think the technology is uh, pushing us and uh, you know, we gotta figure out how to get our arms around it. It's gonna be a, a great weekend uh, next week when we have the the race, uh, it's uh, be interesting to see how it comes out at the end. Well said. I love that 
phrase human capital. And you read Fortune magazine, they talk about Fortune 50 CEOs talking about Roger Penske does it with human capital. And I think that's a, here's a prime example of those sitting in front of you today. Sitting to his right, uh, oh, by the way, before I go there, t uh, the president of Team Penske, Tim Sendrick, not with us today, in case you're wondering, yeah, we he didn't is fire back in him. Charlotte. He just, he, his son was graduating from school. We figured it was uh, probably a better thing that he was uh, in school with his son. So uh, that's, uh, that's his excuse. So I gave him a pass. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Austin graduating and Tim will be back later in the afternoon. So just in case you're wondering. Um, Sitting beside Roger, uh, the Ovalmeister, Rick Mears, one of only three drivers to win the Indianapolis 500 four times. He's also a six-time Indy 500 pole sitter. And if you didn't know, Rick started on the front row an amazing 11 times in Indianapolis. And Rick, you're a major part of this team as an advisor and as a spotter. Uh, but a lot of times, not only these guys, but others come to you for advice. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you offer these guys or anyone who comes to you and asks you about what it takes to win? At Indy, well, I think first and foremost, Roger Roger touched on it a while ago. You know, being there at the last fifty to see the end of it, you know, that's usually the main thing. You got to get the checkered flag before you can do anything. You know, if you don't finish that last lap, you can't win it. Period. So, it's always kind of spend the first half getting to the second half and working with the car, working with the team. You know, get things organized and to gear up for that shootout at the end. To be ready for the shootout. To have the car the best it can be for the final few laps and you know and that's that's the only lap you need to lead is the last one that's that's the critical one so make sure you get to that point that's usually the main advice and the guy beside you has done that three times in leading the last lap we're talking about the driver of the shell fuel rewards team penske chevrolet elio castro davis who is a four-time pole sitter and hopes to become a four-time indy 500 winner he's won it three times elio how do you compare the stress and the pressure of pole day versus that of race day here for a driver? Well, uh, certainly, uh, again, a uh, quote from Rick, uh, there are two kind of races here. It's the actual 500 and uh, the pole day. And the pole day, to be honest, uh, it's, uh, it's thrilling. It's, uh, uh, there is a lot in hand. Uh, in, over the years, they change a lot of the, the rules. But even with that, it's still very, very challenging. You put uh, 33 drivers uh, running to the limit. We're talking about knife edge. Uh, we're going through four corners uh, for four laps and uh, in absolutely uh, doing everything you can to hang on the last lap or the last two laps, basically, because you're running so low down force. So um, uh, any, uh, any kind of a uh, wind or, or distraction, uh, it becomes very difficult to drive the car for, for those four laps. So that's the intensity of the pole day, which is fun. I have to say it's a lot, a lot of fun. There is a lot of some strategy as well, and, um, and uh, I enjoy it very much. Well said, Elio. And to your right is a two-time winner of the Indianapolis 500. He will be driving the number 22 Fitzgerald Glider Kits Team Penske Chevrolet, Juan Pablo Montoya. And Juan, welcome back to Indy. Um, you know, your sponsor, Fitzgerald Glider Kits, they're new to the sport, but they seem to be very excited about their involvement as well. They should be and, and are going to be hanging around for quite a bit. Tell us about this unique program they put together uh, that uh, will allow them to make a donation to the paralyzed veterans of America should you be able to win this a third time? Well, it's something they, they come up with, and I thought it was really good. You know, being in you know, a memorial weekend and everything, they decided uh, 
if I don't win the race, they're gonna donate $20,222. And if I get to win the race, it's gonna be $222,222. <laughs> so it's, uh, I think it's really good. They're a great family. Um, they're a great sponsor and, and they're, you know, they're passionate about the sport. They're passionate about the country and they really like, you know, giving back and supporting. And, and I'm, you know, very proud to have them in my car. And to be honest with you, I, I feel we got a really good shot at this. So I'm pretty happy. Great to have you back here. And we'll go down uh, toward the other direction beside to, to Roger's immediate left is the uh, 2015 Verizon IndyCar Series champion. And now, as of last Saturday, a two-time winner of the Grand Prix of Indianapolis. Uh, he drives the Verizon Team Penske Chevrolet, Will Power. And Will, last weekend, your 30th win, but uh, a, rec a record 250th pole for Team Penske and 190th IndyCar Series victory for Team Penske. What is that weekend, considering how well your team did in terms of record-setting pole, dominating the race, and getting the victory. What does that do for you and the team in terms of the psyche headed to the 500? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fantastic start to the, the month. Um, it, it always helps all the guys on your car and obviously gives the driver some confidence. But, um, you know, you, you quickly forget about that weekend and move on to uh, the process of, um, you know, understanding and getting a good race car for the 500 because that's, you know, that's the most important thing. Um, yeah, so um, it gives you the opportunity to maybe sweep the month. Um, that would be fantastic. Obviously, that's uh, there's uh, a lot of very good cars and drivers and teams out there. So I think it's going to be a really, really tough race uh, next weekend. But um, we've done a lot of preparation. The team's got a group of very, very good, experienced drivers, and um, I have to say, it's it's great to. Uh, um, the information exchange that goes on if you're struggling a little bit how quickly you can get yourself back on track so um, it's it's a great situation it certainly is and obviously the results speak for themselves to your immediate left is the reigning Verizon IndyCar Series champion who drives the number one Menards Team Penske Chevrolet Simon Pagano and Simon uh, got the first oval win of his career at Phoenix, so obviously ready to win on ovals now. This is the next oval in line. But you talked about um, winning, getting that uh, championship, and next in line for you was the Indianapolis 500. How was it growing up as a young man in France? How much did you notice the Indianapolis 500, and what were your thoughts about maybe being able to be a part of this someday? Yeah, um, Indy was always has always been you know one of the biggest races in the world. Uh, personally, I was as a kid watching the 24 Hours of Le Mans, the Indy 500, and the Monaco Grand Prix. Those were the three, uh, the crown jewel of racing. And as a kid growing up, just wanting to be a race car driver, this was uh, this was very far dreams. So uh, being here today is, um, is very special, and you need to remind yourself that every morning. But uh, that's pretty easy when you drive a, a Penske car, to just feel like it's uh, it's your birthday every day. So, um, so you know, it's, it's very enjoyable. I mean, obviously, like Will said, we... We have five um, five teammates to work really well together, um, and uh, and it really helps us to to get um, all the kinks out and, and get ready for the weekend. So I just love this race. Uh, every time the checker fly the checkered flag flies, it's like um, you know when when is next here already. Uh, but uh, for sure, after one championship, the goal is uh, is now pri priority number one personally is is to win Indianapolis 500. Um, keeping the championship in mind, obviously. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's just an incredible event. 
Thank you, champ. Uh, beside you now is the newest member of Team Penske. He drives the number two Hum by Verizon Team Penske Chevrolet, Joseph Newgarden. And Joseph, it took you only two races as a part of this organization to get your first podium and three races to get your first victory. They say when you move into Team Penske, there's a bit of an adjustment in terms of the philosophy and environment you're surrounded by. Explain to us how that is. Well, obviously, uh, with Team Penske, you have uh, a lot of people around you, um, a lot of amazing people. I mean, I think the people, as Roger speaks to, is what, what really makes this team what it is. You know, it's, it's everyone from the top to the bottom, um, from the bottom to the top. It's, it's amazing the, the amount of people that you get to work with and how detailed and talented they all are. Um, you know, for me, it kind of starts from the driver's side. That's the biggest difference I've noticed um, coming from ECR. You know, I had talented and, and very experienced drivers to work with there, but then it kind of gets magnified here. You have more teammates uh, with even more years of experience, you know, getting to work with guys like Juan Pablo and, and Elio and Will and Simon. So that's the first thing that's been noticeable to me is that, you know, if you find yourself off, kind of like Simon said, if you find yourself off in the wrong path, it's pretty easy to find your way back. And then vice versa, you know, that goes around for everybody. So um, it's a different working environment for me. I've, I've had to learn to adjust to that throughout the year. But it's been pretty easy to transition. The team has been phenomenal at figuring out, you know, how to get me transitioned into the team. So, uh, you know, just trying to understand the process through the month, you know, how we're, how we're working these race cars and, and what we're prioritizing. That's where Rick really comes in um, pretty handy is, is helping understand how you prioritize the car for qualifying for the race and then, um, you know, how you apply those two different situations. So uh, once you get on top of that, I, hopefully you can, uh, you can make it count when, when it really, uh, really, really matters during the, the two weekends. Thank you, Joseph. Now we'll open up to the question. If you would raise your hand, we will hand you a microphone. And we would simply ask as a courtesy to those listening outside this room that you identify yourself and then direct your question. Okay. Roger, uh, Bob Kravitz with WTHR here in Indianapolis. Is your business model drawn from an existing business model or is this something completely unique to you and to, to the sport? Well, I think that uh, what I've had the opportunity to do is take, uh, you know, our transportation business, you know, which is about cars and about trucks. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, people who we engage with from a business perspective, and we've drawn them into, into the sport from a sponsorship perspective. So I think on the business side, uh, business to business has been, you know, very important to us. And on the other hand, uh, you know, we look uh, at having it be tough to get in the organization. I say it many times in our normal business, I want it to be tough to join our organization, but I want it to be tough to leave. And I think that's why you see the same people with the same probably white shirts and black pants on, you know, year after year at these races, because, uh, you know, we, we once you're here, uh, and, and we don't have drivers pay for a ride to get in our team. You know, we're gonna pay our people to, to do the job from top to bottom. And I think uh, Simon and one of the, Will said, uh, you know, our guys, the guy driving the truck is just as important to me. And when I go to our dealership or I go to a truck location, I don't go in the conference room and look at a bunch of numbers. I go out and talk to the people. And I think that's been something my dad taught me, you know, many, many years ago. Uh, you know, remember the people that work for you. And if you're worried about what's going to happen to yourself, uh, you're probably not going to make it. Think about the organization you work for. And I've taken that kind of mission statement uh, throughout the company for, uh, for many years. Uh, Wolfgang Monzer from Germany, Rennsport Press Agency. Just one question for Rick Mears. Roger said earlier when he started to talk about the team, he assembled one of the best drivers in the IndyCar garage. They're quick, they're experienced. 
a lot of success, etc. Nevertheless, do you still have some secrets for them to make them even faster? Absolutely. <laughs> but I forgot them. <laughs> it's been a while. No, no, it, it, it's an open, it's an open book. It really is, always has been. That's the way this team works, and, and that's what that's what helps make the team work. It's just a big part of it, you know. Being open, my, I actually grew up with my brother. He and I racing together, so I, I learned the team concept before I was ever, before I ever got here, and that that helped me fit in right away. Uh, you know, we'd go home at night and pick each other's brains, say, "What what are you doing in turn one? What are you doing over here in this corner? What you know? What are you doing to the car?" And we, we realized that if we could elevate each other to another level and get a step ahead of, of everybody else, all we had to do was race each other. That'd be a lot of fun. So that's kind of the team concept in a nutshell. And I understood that coming in. So it's always been pretty much an open book. Now, earlier on, early on, before we start collecting all the data and everything, I might not necessarily, you know, lay it out there unless they ask me for it. You know, if they ask me, I'd tell them. But if not, I might keep it in my pocket. Yeah, I learned that from Bobby Unzer. <laughs> Bruce Martin with Auto Week, among others. Um, Elio, Rick is the only driver to get his fourth victory from his third victory in less than eight years. Uh, it took Al Unzer nine years to get his fourth from his third. It took AJ ten years. You're on your eighth year now be between your third victory. Do you feel the intensity level or the immediacy of trying to get the win number four increasing as each year goes by? Yes, I understand that. Um, but uh, it's not the, something that keeps in my mind, the numbers and the statistics and things like that. It's, uh, it's, it's outside of my control. Uh, the only thing I can do is it, make a better car, race car. And obviously, um, uh, make sure that uh, everything fits. As you just said, Rick, you don't win a race in the first lap. Finish first, first you got to finish. And um, and we're trying to do not only for the Indy 500, but for every race. And um, and yes, we're looking for. Uh, it's not something that uh, I always say. This place picks who is the winner. And last year, who would have thought? You know, in a, in a few races situation, end up. Uh, uh, Ross ended up getting the, his win. Credit to his uh, uh, the team playing this strategy. So it's all about uh, being in the right place at the right time. And um, uh, that's what we're going to do again. We're trying to put ourselves in the best position as possible to win this race. <coughs> yes, uh, Tony Dezino, NBC Sports. For Will, Simon, or Joseph, how is um, you guys started living here in Indy for the start of your guys' careers, and then you moved to Charlotte when you joined Team Penske. What does that change meant for you and kind of how you guys integrate into the Team Penske uh, atmosphere being so close to the shop? Yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was important to be around the team. I've always, uh, you know, whatever team I've driven for, I think it's, it's important to be close because you need to go in, spend time with the, the people that you work with, spend time with your engineer. Um, you know, after races, you need to go in and, and be face-to-face -face talking about, uh, you know, which way you should go forward so um, yeah I, I think I think if you're not living around the team you're not serious about winning um, that's you know as simple as that and that's what I thought at the time uh, Rick uh, Philip B Wilson from IMS.com I think Elio said after one of his qualifying runs that that impressed you and that told him oh I must have done something good if it impressed Rick Mears <laughs> to qualify here that well 
how does compare how does qualifying today compare to when you got into the car to qualify do you want a piece of that or or what do you think of it well i think it's you know the basics the basics are still there the basics are always the same it's how do i get through that corner faster than everybody else and to get that you gotta get all four four footprints on the ground working the best they can get the thing trimmed out as much as you can get it up on its tiptoes and uh, you know if it's if it's sitting down solid in the track to me there was more left on the table so you know you, you got to get it up on get it up on tiptoes up on the right rear freed up and and hold your breath you know and, and if you can hold your breath a little longer than the other guys and make it out the other side you're fortunate you know you, you, you've done your job so those i think the basics are still the same today as it was a long time ago and uh, and that's what you're always trying to achieve to do uh, for Roger, Jeff Majeski, Chevrolet New Roads Magazine. Uh, you were kind of an early adopter of, of McLaren, if you will, ran their cars for several years, including the, the winner with Mark Donahue. Just wanted to get your thoughts about uh, their return and involvement with the, uh, the 500 this year. Well, as you know, Bruce uh, McLaren and I were great friends. In fact, uh, a Formula One car that Jack Brabham drove here in the race. Uh, I guess it was a Formula One car that Hanskin had, and it was the engine that Brabham had that uh, I put into a sports car and sold it to Bruce. So we became very good friends, uh, and I was racing a Cooper Monaco back in those days. And when he started McLaren uh, with Teddy Mayer and, and the group, uh, you know, we were close, and we talked about going to Indy. <clears throat> and I think it was 71 when we came here the first time uh, Revson was driving their car that was great to see on the track uh, you know this past week the the McLaren orange because that was the uh, the outfit that uh, the way they came to the track back in 71 and uh, the car was fast I remember I told uh, Rick this we took the car to Phoenix and took the wings off it in fact and drove it around it was then put them on to realize how fast the cars were because that was really the time when we went 180 miles an hour I think for the first time we didn't even have it on our on our uh, little sheets that we had is the speed but uh, McLaren set the uh, set the standard he set in Formula One it's a shame that he didn't see the success of his team and then to come back here I think Zach Brown who is you know from Indianapolis and really is interested in, in the sport here and he knows how big this race is and to be able to take you know, Alonzo and bring him here. I think about Graham Hill when he was here talking with him and Jackie Stewart and, and just all the different people that uh, have been here to drive. This is a international race and I think we've missed some of these you know, great stars in other sports. You saw Bush came last year. I know Kyle would like to come and you know, Tony Stewart obviously was a great competitor here. So that's what this is all about you want to win here against the best and i think uh, people like alonzo that are taking the and i don't say risk from a personal standpoint i say taking the risk to come here and race for the first time without racing in ovals is is a big step but i think this is a race that can be won it's it's about strategy the teams uh, that are competing here all have experience now and i think it's just tougher and tougher to win but Having McLaren back, uh, I think, is a, is a honor for all of us to race against that car. And certainly, uh, Bruce, I hope he sees, uh, you know, this is a big day for the Indy 500 and next week. My name is John LaFollette from Nouveau News Weekly here in Indianapolis. My question is for Joseph and Roger. Um, and Americans won this race twice since 2014, but 
it's been a while since there was that dominant American driver that won on the series as a whole. Is that something that you think this series needs, Roger? And for you, Joseph, as a caveat for you, being an American on this team, have you internalized that, or just what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I think it's a, it's a huge honor to be a part of the team regardless. You know, Roger's had, had great drivers from all over the world, and, you know, certainly being an American, I take pride in that, but I try not to, you know, bring it to something that, it's uh, it's not, you know. I mean, I it, I think it's speaking. If you really want to look at it, look at the Indianapolis 500 and exactly what Roger was just talking about. You know, we want to have the best from around the world here. I mean, that's what I take pride in in running in the IndyCar series. It's the most diverse series on the planet, with I think the most diverse drivers and, and the best drivers in the world. So, you know, just being an American, um, you know, and flying the American flag for the team is special, but. You know, I think just being a part of Team Penske is even more special. So, um, you know, to me, I don't, I don't think about it too much. But if it's, if it's good for the series, then, you know, that's all the better. You know, from my perspective, uh, I think uh, diversity is something we deal with every single day. And uh, I, don't, I don't look where someone's from or what color they are or where they came from. I'm looking at, at their capability. And uh, have they been a race winner? Uh, you know, how do they fit into the team? And... Uh, uh, look, I've got some, when you look at this group of drivers here, there's not anybody in this garage where I wouldn't take any one of them in five minutes, two minutes, to uh, have them on their team, and that's what I want to have. So we get the best drivers, and to me, uh, well, we want to bring them on the team and have them help grow, and when you look at the success we've had, uh, I've said it so many times, it's, it's, it's about this whole group. You look at Clive Howell, been with us for 30 or 40 years, and some of you, Kyle Moyer comes on board with all that experience, you know, from Andretti. So these are guys that are, you know, really committed to the sport. So uh, I look up and down here. These are just the best guys you can have. So wherever they're from doesn't make any difference to me. Speaking of which, uh, just, you know, for your notes, talking about diversity, five different drivers, five different countries represented up here for Team Penske. Okay, who's next? Uh, <clears throat> Eric Smith, Race View Online. I got a question for Elio and Rick. Um, Elio, I know a lot of athletes are superstitious, follow trends. How much are you, does this mean to you, or as far as do you follow that? If trends hold true, you should be the next pole winner and race winner because, <laughs> coincidentally enough, you guys are all three, or all of you are sitting in order that have won the last three races from Joseph, Simon, Will. You're next. <laughs> How does that, do you follow that at I, all? I like it. Hey, um, <laughs> And, and if, yeah, I planned all, all of that. But uh, um, anything helps, you know, uh, in this place, to be honest. Uh, I want it more than anybody, to be honest. Uh, uh, to be in this position, to be so close to, obviously, Rick, Alan, Sir, Senior, and, and uh, um, AJ Foy, uh, it's, it's an honor. It's a privilege. It's a, it's a very incredible opportunity. So if, if you've got to count all these little details, the numbers, uh, the facts, uh, the statistics, Hey, I love it. You know, it's uh, what well, we just, in the end of the day, we still got to go out there and, and do your job and execute. And that's what we're going to do uh, tomorrow and, uh, and Sunday, next week. I, and I've never, never been superstitious or, you know, any of that, but, but I always felt like, why take a chance? <laughs> 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 if I think it might help, I'll do it, whatever it is. Exactly. And if the numbers. If, if the numbers work out, I quit a year too soon because I think the way my wins and, and, you know, between years, the next year was my turn. But, uh, hey, if it wasn't to be, it wasn't to be. Yeah. Hi, Megan McEwen, Wish TV. This is for Elia or Juan Pablo. You guys have won here. What kind of mental edge does that give you during qualifying and coming up to the race? 
Um, I think the experience of, of getting the job done here, I think it helps. Um, I don't play big into qualifying. I never have here. You know what I mean? It's for me, and I proved that, you know, two years ago when I won, you know, I was after eight laps, I was dead last. So it doesn't really matter where you qualify. You know, it's, it, it's nice to be up front, to run good here. Uh, I think we got good cars. Uh, but the main focus, you know, yeah, you'll, you'll remember who was on pole here when you come back a year or two after. But the, the people that I remember are the people that win the race. So, you know, I mean, that's what you want to do. And, you know, personally, I came, I've come here for myself just doing this to race for Team Penske is, is to win it. You know what I mean? And I feel a good, a good shot. I feel, I feel I've got a really good car, so, you know. And I don't believe in numbers either, you know. It's, it's what it is. Well, for me, uh, it's uh, two kind of uh, um, mental strategy, obviously, because uh, I, love, I love both. Uh, qualifying for me is awesome because you really push to the limit. A limit uh, to how can you... Uh, uh, save yourself for four laps, <laughs> and uh, and when you do it, you're like, Whew. as as Rick said, you. you uh, I think I, I really uh, train a lot to hold my breath for four laps, and um, and probably helps a lot. But uh, it's <laughs> that's it's 200 in a race you can't hold for that long. But uh, the same is situation with Juan Pablo. I started in the back. I started in the front. Uh, that's why the approach you go by steps. Uh, first, you start with the uh, qualifying. And after we're done with qualifying, I switch, change the completely the mentality and go for the race. And uh, it's kind of unique. That's why this race uh, and this month or this two weeks, it's, uh, it's, it's really fun because you really push to in, in one way and another. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Rich and I with WTHR. Joseph, did you guys learn anything or figure out anything about the crash? And does that linger with you at all, especially at a place like this? Um, yeah, I think it's hard not to. I lost some sleep last night over it for sure. Um, you know, I think it's unfortunate to have an incident like that. Uh, you know, we, I think we prep probably the best race cars on the planet here at Team Penske. So for me to, to have a mistake yesterday is tough to swallow. But it's one of those deals where I think you do have to learn from it. You know, any type of incident, anything that goes on around this place, you have to learn from. And, you know, it's unfortunate to learn something on a, on a practice day coming into the pits. I was, you know, it didn't didn't really expect it to happen but it did so you know I've looked at it I've analyzed it hopefully it'll make me better for the month um, you know and try not to do it again that's the only thing that you can really work on so um, yeah you know it lingers for a bit I won't lie to you but you got to get back on the horse pretty quick and get going because this place doesn't wait for you Alan Bestwick with ESPN we have with our parents or with coaches uh, they all have ways of motivating us or phrases that they look at us and say, hey, we've we got to get going here. What's Roger's phrase? Does he have a phrase where he look, looks at you and say, hey, we, we, need, we need to pick it up, we need to do a little bit better? Is there one? All he has to do is look. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's basically win. Yeah. Well, for me, I mean, I, I think uh, Roger's always been very uh, up front, and he understands, for example, yesterday with Joseph, uh, right away he wanted to make sure that uh, uh, Joseph was fine, you know, and uh, I believe one of the things that it really make us confident to go back out there, it's really care to make sure that we are good to go again. And it gives us a time. It gives us uh, the, the confidence uh, when we're ready to go, we're ready to go, and that's what we do. You know, I remember a few years ago I was upside down, and I was back on a horse, and 
no problem because obviously um, we, we know how the guys do a phenomenal job back there and I, I don't see um, I don't see any issues on that and, and that's probably why it gives us the confidence to to uh, go without a problem. Let me finish it up here by asking one quick question, just a quick phrase from each of the drivers, and that is, we hear all the time, Team Penske, team this, team that, sharing, camaraderie, uh, being unselfish. At what point, let me start with the newest members up here with, with Joseph and Simon, at what point in the Indianapolis 500 do you stop being a teammate? You look over and say, "Now wait a minute. I, if I pass Elio and Roger, the captain's calling Elio. He's probably not going to like that." You fire. Elio, you fire. <laughs> at what point you'll get your chance? At what point? Let's start with Joseph. At what point is it about Joseph Newgarden or Simon Pagano or Will Power? Joseph? Well, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I think you should ask the experienced guys maybe first. But um, you know, I've not been in a situation where I've had to race a teammate at the end of this race. So. You know, last year was probably the best opportunity that I had at, at potentially winning it, and you know I didn't have any teammates around me. So, you know, at that point it's pretty pretty straightforward what you're going to try and do. Um, you know, I think you have to race your teammates as fair as possible. I think you, I think we expect to race each other as hard as we can. Uh, you know, why would you not? You know, you have to. But I think with with absolute respect and you know, and thinking about the team at the end of the day, because you have to understand this is such a it's such a monumental effort from everyone involved um you know not just from the drivers but from from everyone at the shop that makes these cars turn for this whole month and everything it takes to get to the race and, and to run it and to run those 200 laps you, you have to think about that if you're running with teammates you don't want to do something silly that jeopardizes the opportunity for the team so yeah i think you're going to be a little bit selfish as a driver to try and win it but you really have to think about the team at the end of the day because it's just of everything that's been put into it so you know, that's how I'm going to approach it. I'm going to race my teammates hard, but I'm going to try and be as fair and as clean as possible. Simon? That's a tough question, Jerry. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, up until the race, we share everything. It's all open book. We have cameras. We have data. Uh, the engineers actually get together, actually with Roger and Tim in the morning. They have their meeting. Everything is complete open book, and the casa can be exactly the same if we want to be. Uh, but then... When it comes to race, obviously, you know, Roger wants us to win. So, uh, and I do believe Roger likes us to race. So, uh, so you know, you've got to go racing, but, um, but the key word is not to crash each other. That's, that's the key. Uh, and that's respect as well, which I think we've shown a lot of respect between each other, even though we race, race each other hard. hard. And um, that's what's fun in, on this team. There's no team orders. Um, that makes a big difference. You guys do think there's team orders, but there isn't. Uh, we're allowed to race, and, and that's what makes this team very special, I think. Well, Yeah, I mean, um, it's, uh, it's obviously when you're getting down the last 10 laps. I mean, I had a great battle with Juan, um, you know, and, and Tim Sindrick, who was on my radio, always made me aware. Remember, you know, it's 1-2 right now. Um, so you've got to keep that in mind. You both don't want to end up in the wall. Um, like Simon said, Roger likes us to push each other not off the track, but push each other to be faster. And, um, you know, it's just it's a simple rule. Don't take your teammate out. I mean, that's that's always got to be in your mind, um, you know, because it is ultimately the team that wins when one of us wins. We'll let Roger be last. We'll go with Elio. Yeah, the only thing I can say is uh, that's a very good problem to have. If you're going to be five of us fighting the end of the race, I think Roger's going to be like, Go ahead, just make sure you finish whoever yeah, position you will be. <laughs> yeah, make sure that you guys finish. But uh, it's very similar to what they said. It's, uh, we race hard, we race like any other uh, competitor. 
but you want to make sure that uh, in the end of the day you they won't deliver but you want to make sure that both of uh, all the cars finish like it would be another competitor as well yeah for me is you know i mean as will said you know we two years ago we went through that both of us going for the win and and you always keep it in the back of your mind that it's your teammate and and you, you want to be fair you know what i mean I, i'm i'm a big believer of being fair but at the same time you know you you you're the guy that want to win it so you'll do whatever you can to make it happen but you're not going to risk you know taking each other out either you know what i mean whether to be honest for me whether it was my teammate or not you know what i mean you you'll go as far as you think it's, it's safe to do so you know what i mean uh, and you got to learn to know when 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 they're ahead of you and when they're behind you you know what i mean and when when you can when you can have the corner and when you can't and i think we're all experienced guys we all done it and you know hopefully we're in that situation and so, you know you know in eight days from now you know what i mean or eight nine days from now if we can be in that situation it's a good problem roger you got elio castroneves uh, leading in the final laps at indianapolis but he's under attack from your four other drivers uh what are you thinking well as as will said it's a good problem to have i i think that just to put the record straight you know we don't ha we don't have team orders. The uh, only thing we do say is that look, uh, you know the first part of the race, let's take care of each other. I guess I've said that uh, a number of times. And you know when we qualify one two, we don't need to be knocking each other off the track going in the first corner. You've got to give the guy that's uh, you know that's had the fast time and and is uh, the pole sitter. But uh, I think uh, I've said it before. The last ten laps, these guys should go at it as hard as they can and. Uh, if, if we wreck, we wreck, and uh, you know that that happens. It's happened to us a couple times, but I think they know that uh, uh, they know how to race. And uh, I've just never been anybody with team orders. If it was a championship and something going on, not the Indy 500, then there might be another set of circumstances, and we would talk about it. But I can tell you, <clears throat> on race day, uh, you know, I'm working as hard as I can to beat Cindric, he's trying to beat me, and all the way down the line, these five guys, uh, if we don't race that way, we'll never get up to the front. So to me, uh, smart drivers know how to take care of themselves, and uh, we'll see what happens. Well, Roger, thank you so much. And on behalf of everyone from Team Penske, thank you for coming today and being a part of this uh, media event. Thank you. Have a great day.